All right, well, if you would, grab your Bible and start making your way to Ephesians chapter 6. While you do that, let me say happy Easter to all of you. Happy Easter Sunday, Easter Sunday here once again. It shows up every year and our minds kind of naturally associate some traditions uh, with Easter Sunday. Not saying all of these are you, maybe this is you, maybe not, but you might think of some of this stuff when you think about Easter. Um, I'm reminded of like, you know, Easter egg hunts, Easter baskets, uh, that colorful plastic grass that's supposed to go in the basket but gets everywhere and, you know, weeks after Easter you're finding it like in your ear and stuff, like I think about that, maybe you do too. Uh, Easter candy, I mean, classic jelly bean. Who likes jelly beans? I know some people don't. It's okay. I'm, I'm learning about people who don't. Uh, jelly beans are great. Maybe like chocolate eggs, you think of those. Delicious chocolate eggs. Uh, disgusting marshmallow peeps. Whoever made those so just, you know, they need help. Um, my favorite though, my favorite Easter candy of all time, and I don't even think it's, it's really debatable. I mean, it's just a fact. Uh, the Reese's peanut butter egg is just the best thing that's, yeah, I mean, I know. Wisdom. Wisdom, yeah. Easter brings thoughts of spring, and I think lilies is the right flower, I'm supposed to say. Uh, bunnies, both, you know, small and freakishly big. We just think of all of that stuff. So many great memories about Easter. Uh, If your family's like mine, there's probably a huge meal coming your way in about four hours from now, so hold tight. But Easter, think of all that stuff, but it's about so much more than those things. It's about so much more than those traditions that we think of. Uh, This year, Easter reminds me of the power of God, the the power of God that he has over creation and over life itself, power to do what we cannot. Easter Sunday should remind us as we recognize and kind of remember what Christ endured for us on the cross, how he paid for our sin, and especially as we recognize that Jesus died but he didn't stay dead. We know that truth, the power of God the Father to to raise his son back to life. That's what we're celebrating today, Jesus' resurrection. We we often call this day Resurrection Sunday. It, It proves that his sacrifice for for you, if if you've put your faith in Christ, for for Believers, it proves that his sacrifice was accepted. Romans 4.25 says, Jesus was raised for our justification. His resurrection, it proves something. It it proves that our standing before God actually has been made right. The resurrection makes the gospel truly good news. It becomes this amazing news. God has the, the power to back up his promise of eternal life. He has the power to not only raise Jesus from the dead, but he also has the power to do the same for us. As we come back to Ephesians, to our final message, I can't help but recognize as we celebrate the resurrection today that this 
great and important truth is also really where we began in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1, Paul began his letter with all those amazing benefits uh, that God makes available in the gospel. Uh, Paul refers to those, you may turn back to chapter 1 for a second, he refers to those benefits as every spiritual blessing. Chapter 1 verse 3, the gospel is this huge gift and it comes with all these blessings. Uh, uh, Paul told the Ephesians, this gift is so incredible, why will we see God's grace on display as he chooses you and, and he calls you to, to holiness and he adopts you and he redeems you and he forgives you and he seals you with his Holy Spirit and he gives you hope for the future. Paul was praying that the Ephesians would, would grow in their understanding of what God has done, that they would grow in their understanding of, of God's power at work in their life. We need reminded that we can't do anything to, to earn this salvation. We could save every dollar we'd ever get our entire life, and it still wouldn't even come close to, to purchasing God's salvation. We could try with maximum effort to do good and be good every day, and at the end of our life, we wouldn't be any closer to earning God's favor Jesus says in John 14, 6, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And the Christians in Ephesus, they, they understood that. They understood these, these basic truths about the gospel. They had faith in Christ, and they believed. And Paul said, I've heard of your faith, and I'm, I'm thankful but he wanted their eyes and their hearts to see more, to understand more, to grasp this immeasurable greatness of God's power that's working in their life. And what kind of power does he point to? Well, he points right here in verse 20 of chapter, chapter 1 to the resurrection, the power of God to, to bring Jesus back to life, the power that he put on display when he, when he brought Jesus back from the dead. Easter should remind us of this hugely important truth, this kind of power that God displayed to raise Christ from the dead and, and give him life is the same power that's available to us today, the same power that can raise us from spiritual death and, and give us life. It's the kind of power that we don't have in ourselves. And it's the, the kind of power that God offers to us in the gospel. And it's the kind of power that God wants to put on display in our lives as we live this new life in Christ, this new life that we've been talking about. Again, Easter reminds us of the power of God. The kind of power to give you spiritual life. The kind of power you need to keep that life going and, and growing. And that's exactly what we've been talking about the last several weeks here in Ephesians. And hopefully you see why we, we still need God so much. We don't just need him for salvation. He doesn't, God doesn't just save us and then abandon us to live in sin. No, he calls us and he sets us free from sin. It's an amazing life we have in Christ. We serve him, not sin. We, we live in righteousness, not wickedness. And we're headed to eternal life, no longer eternal death. 
And Ephesians has been teaching us that. Maybe in a, in a summary sentence, it teaches us how to become a Christian and then how to live like a Christian. We see that rich truth here in this letter. And Paul has been teaching us, maybe just by way of reminder, real fast, what that life in Christ looks like. It's a walk. Paul says it's a, a walk of unity and purity and love and light and wisdom. This is how a Christian's called to live. And as we walk this way and live this way, we need to know it's not going to be just easy. It's not going to be free from opposition. Some Christians live their life like there's no opponent, like they're playing a game and the, the opposing team never shows up. That is not the case. Paul reminds us in chapter 6 that that simply isn't true. We, we have a powerful enemy. We need God's help to endure his attack. God's power and his grace, once again, reminded he supplies what we need to stand strong against the devil. We have armor to put on, and we're to put it on every single day. That's what we talked about last Sunday, how important that armor of God actually is how we can't neglect it, how we're so foolish to think that we can get up in the morning and go about our day and leave that armor behind. So dumb. But there's more here. There's more to this armor. Paul's closing words here, they may be last, but they're not least. Our big idea, and it's kind of a longer one, but I want to give it to you anyway. Our big idea to stand strong as a Christian, not only do I need the armor, but my life needs to be filled with prayer and encouragement, daily doses of the gospel, truths of the gospel. Let's start back in verse 18, and we're going to read through the end and see why this is true. Verse 18 of Ephesians 6. God's word says, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I'm an ambassador in chains. that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak so that you also may know how I am and what I am doing. Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. I've sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. Peace be to the brothers and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. To stand strong against our powerful enemy, Paul also helps us see at the end here that the believer's life needs to be marked by these characteristics, these three. Life needs to be filled with prayer and encouragement and the benefits of the gospel. Let's look at this first characteristic here, this first mark. What does a Christian need to stand strong in this life? He needs constant prayer. Soldier puts on this armor piece by piece, the belt and the, the body armor, the, the breastplate. 
He's got shoes. He's got a shield and his helmet. He has his sword. He puts all that on. But and this is crucial. Before he fights, soldiers to fall to his knees in prayer. And then having prayed, he, he's ready for the fight. A, a Christian should be marked by constant prayer. Praying at all times in the spirit, verse 18 says. Paul includes this here right after the armor, but I don't believe it's meant to be thought of as like some additional piece of defense here. You might think of this as the soldier's breath, his breath, his air. Some commentators talk about prayer as like the environment in which this soldier is preparing for battle, the the atmosphere. It's it's kind of the attitude that he needs for, for doing everything. And I'm, I want to try to put that in a junior highway. Prayer is, is crucial. It, it's crucial, and, and so is breathing, right? We, we can't go very long without breathing. We can't forget to breathe. It's vital for life and for the oxygen it delivers, delivers to just keep us going and moving. And prayer should be like that. Prayer is like breathing, some ways it should be like that. It should be automatic. It should be something we, we do without really even having to tell ourselves to do it. We should pray often and, and regularly and frequently. That just prayer that we don't have to think about. We don't have to tell ourselves to breathe. Just always happening. Prayers to be like that, attached to the moments of our entire day. Paul's concern is about the Christian life being marked by prayer. What can we learn from this really short sentence, but really helpful sentence here in verse 18? A couple of marks here. I'm going to give them to you all at once. You can kind of jot them down, but we're going to go through these five just kind of really quickly. What can we learn about prayer? Well, this constant prayer first, it should be ongoing. Ongoing. Prayer is about frequently being in the presence of God. That's what it means to pray at all times. It's, it's constant communication with God. Constant, not literally because of our human limitations. We have to sleep at night. Tough to pray when you're zonked out. Uh, sometimes, you know, you're really focused on school or eating or whatever. I mean, we can't pray all the time, but it's ongoing. It's continual. How should we think right about this? And maybe think about it this way. My life is going to just be an open book before God. There's nothing that I'm going to keep from him, nothing I'm not going to talk to him about, nothing that I'm trying to like hide from him. I'm including God in everything. My continuous instinct is to talk to God, talk to him first. My desire is, is to, to seek him. Like a best friend, my, my preference is just to share my life with him. Let him know what's going on, the good, the bad, the, the, the awesome stuff, the really hard stuff. I just want to go to God. I want to tell him those things. That's my first reaction. No matter what's happening, I'm just reaching out to him. I'm talking to him. I'm praying to him. This is praying at all times. It's, it's constant, and it's also spirit-directed. Romans 8.26 says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with 
groanings too deep for words. What does this mean? What is this verse talking about? It means this, God even helps us in our prayers. He even helps us in our communication with him. It's okay to say to God in prayer, God, I don't even really know what to pray for right now. Would you, would you help me? Pray for the right things, just for the people I should be praying for, my friends or my family. Lord, help me to know what to pray. Holy Spirit, say the things for me that I should be praying for. We should pray in the Spirit. Verse 18 also includes this, all prayers and all supplication. I just use the word widely. Pray widely. As we pray in the Spirit and we we pray frequently, we're going to be praying about a whole bunch of topics, a whole bunch of stuff we're just going to be praying about. And and Paul just mentions that. He, He brings that up. You could think of it as just, you know, running to God, I just I got this bad news, and it's my friend, or it's my friend's dad, and God, I just want to bring this to you. I pray for him. I pray for their family. Help them, be with them, encourage them, whatever that might be, or maybe it's a, a praise. God, I, I just got this great news. I made the team, or I got the part, or I did well on that test when I didn't study. Like, whatever it is, like, I'm just, thank you, God. I'm just so happy. Think about what you'd been able to hear if you could have just tuned in like a radio station to the prayer requests that that God received this morning, the prayers that he heard. I was just jotting a few of them down, like prayers for help because we just woke up late. (laughs) Is that the time? Ah! (laughs) Right? Prayers just for safety as people travel. Prayers of, of praise because that shirt you were hoping to wear was ironed already. Yes, thank you, God, right? Other prayers, just, you know, for the church service, for Pastor John this morning as he prepares to, to preach, for, for family as they travel to your house for lunch, all these prayers. And then maybe this morning here at church, prayers of, of just confession and repentance to God, asking for forgiveness for sin, prayers of gratitude and thankfulness as we learn and as we hear and as we, we want to do what God's word tells us to do is just gratitude for goodness on and on and on. Those are the kinds of prayers God hears, the kind of prayers that we pray. We pray widely. I'm going to add one more, persistently. Paul says we're to be alert with all perseverance. Our prayers should be persistent. Jesus says in Matthew 7, 7, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and it will be opened. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. This is calling us to pray and pray and pray and keep praying about the same things. Jesus is really saying there, those words really mean this. Keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. Do it over and over and over. And when you do, it'll be given. You will find it. It'll be open to you. This is prayer. Really personally, I had a dear friend last week just go through one of the worst trials I could possibly imagine. Horrible trial. 
dear friend of mine, I've probably prayed for him the exact same short prayer, I don't even know, 50 times, 100 times. Lord, just be with my friend, please. He, he needs you so much right now. Just be with, just, that's it. This is the persistent prayer we're to have. Back in chapter 3, verse 12, Paul's already said this. We have access to God, and we're, we're told to, to come to him with boldness and confidence. Ephesians 3, 12. This is how we should pray. We might add one more little thought here from Paul's words that we're to not neglect praying for one another. We're, we pray for the saints, for our brothers and sisters in Christ, and Paul asks even for prayer for himself. He says in verse 19 that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. That was so near and dear to Paul's life and his heart. That's what he wanted these believers praying for for him. Hey, when you think of me, pray this. Pray that I would preach with boldness and clarity. That's what I want you to pray for me, Paul says. And he knew he needed that prayer. This great apostle of, of the Lord Jesus, this man who accomplished such incredible things for the kingdom. He knows he needs prayer. He knew he needed help. Paul, one of these believers praying for each other and praying for him, this is the air that Christians need in order to stand strong. This is what we need to be doing, a life filled with this prayer that's constant and spirit-directed, and it's, it's wide in topic, and it's persistent, and it remembers to pray for others. A junior high-age Christian should, should talk to God frequently. She prays all the time. She prays short prayers and long prayers. She just prays and, and prays like, like one long conversation with God throughout the day. A junior high age Christian, he, he prays to his Savior. He knows he's never alone. He prays about all kinds of things, even sometimes asking God for help to pray for the things he can't think of. This is prayer. It's persistent. It's, it's always in the presence of the Lord, asking and asking. And it's prayer that, that prays for friends and family and for gospel opportunities. To stand strong, Christians can't neglect prayer. I really think it is like breathing. You can't go very long without breathing. We should have the same thought when it comes to prayer. What am I doing? Why am I not running to the Lord with this situation? Why am I not including him? How badly we need prayer to stand strong. It connects us and keeps us constantly living in God's presence. And that, my friends, that, that will help you when temptation comes. So much easier to say no and resist that temptation to put out those fiery darts of the devil when you are living constantly in the presence of God. What else does a believer need to stand strong? Well, Paul's closing words here, they are personal and they are meant to be uh, uh, very encouraging and, and very direct to these believers, but they remind us of what all believers need. They, they remind us of what every believer really needs. And I think what he's doing with, with 
Tychicus here, it's, it's the same for us. We need encouragement. What does a Christian need to stand strong? Number two, regular encouragement. Regular encouragement. He says in verse 21, so that you may know how I am and what I'm doing. Tychicus, the beloved brother and this faithful minister in the Lord, he's going to tell you everything. I've sent him to you for this very purpose, that you can know how we are and that he may encourage your heart. This, this guy, this, this Ty, Tychicus, Tychicus, I don't know how to say it. I just call him Ty when I read it. They know him. He's mentioned a couple times in Scripture, and what we know about him is that he's from this area. He's, he's right here in this province. He, he grew up here, Acts 20, verse 4. I believe he became a Christian under Paul's ministry. Paul's not only his pastor, but he's now his ministry partner. He was a close companion with Paul. The things that Paul talked about in, in Acts, Ty was there. Tychicus was, was there. He was with Paul when he was arrested. He, he watched Paul speak with kings and governors. He was on that epic voyage and shipwreck. He was with Paul when Paul was under house arrest. He was there through all of it. He experienced all of it. He isn't some nobody either. Paul says he's a beloved brother and a faithful minister, and he's sent with this purpose of encouragement. Despite what's going on with Paul's life here, he wants to make sure that these believers know what's going on and that they're encouraged. He cares about that. He cares about their hearts. Tychicus here is going to fill them in on all that Paul's going through. And not only that, but he can explain and he can answer the kinds of questions they might have from this letter. He's a faithful minister. He knows God's word and he's able to walk them through it. He's been with Paul a long time. He can help them understand what what, what this letter is about. Paul sends this man who's going to be warmly welcomed. Tears are going to flow when he shows up. Hugs galore. They know this man. And not only the sight of him, but, but the knowledge that he has, his ability to teach and explain and help them grow. It's going to warm their hearts. It's going to do them good. He's going to encourage them. Guys, this is what believers have always needed. And it's a, it's a two-way street. We need encouragement, and we need to be encouraging. Such an important part of our life. This is why we badly need the church. This is why we want to build you into the church to help you see your need for it, to help you see how badly you need to be around the family of God, especially for encouragement. Brothers and sisters who encourage you, pray for you, who who can be happy with you when you're happy, who can be sad with you when you're sad, who can walk life with you when trials are hard, who can help us understand like Tychicus did here. Help us understand the truth of God's word. Believers to do that for us and with us. It's an encouragement to us. Believers who hold us accountable when we need someone to do that. You need encouragement. But so does everybody else. And as a part of of the body, if you're a Christian, you should be looking for people to encourage. Who needs to hear from you today? Even in junior high, you can do this. You can seek somebody out and encourage them, thank them, let them know you're praying for them. 
Who do you know that you could write to or call? Just thank them for what they do. Let them know you're, 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 so, you're so grateful. Let them know that you're there to help however you can. Encouragement is so important. And when you're on the receiving end of encouragement, you realize just how awesome it is to be a part of a church. You realize how much more difficult and lonely and harder life would be when you're truly on your own. How awesome to have believers around you to, to encourage you nonstop. In order to stand strong, believers need to be marked by these things. Yes, we need the armor of God, but we also need to have our lives filled with prayer and encouragement. And then the last one here, just daily doses of the gospel. Paul's closing words are a benediction, which is a fancy word for a blessing. A blessing on these believers. He says, peace be to the brothers and love with faith from God. Verse 23 Verse 24, he says, Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ. For those who love Christ, there is an undeniable presence of peace and love and faith and grace. And these four words summarize the the Christian life, but they also summarize the, the book of Ephesians really well. These are the themes that we've seen over and over. And I I would just encourage you to underline those words or circle them. These four words, every believer just needs to think on every day. Of course, they all center around the gospel, peace that only the believer can have. We saw that last week, right? We, we talked about uh, the, the peace of the, of the gospel and when we put on those shoes, the, the peace we have with God, knowing we're saved, the peace we can have from God when our life feels upside down and our hearts are just drowning in anxiety and, and nervousness and stress, there's a peace that's available. And we're reminded of that peace right here. And we need to just remind ourselves every day of the, the peace I have with God, the peace that he supplies. And then love, love that's only possible because of what Jesus has done in our life. We can Love each other because Christ loved us first. We can love one another because we have this new life in him. Don't forget we're to walk in love, just like Jesus walked. His example of loving others and serving others, that's what we're aiming at. That's the kind of love we're to have. We should tell ourselves every day just how much Christ loves us, not just on Easter Sunday or on Christmas Sunday, but every Sunday and every day. Remind yourself what God did for you. Remind yourself of the love he has to, to, had to send his son to die for you. That's an amazing love. And this love, number three, it's accompanied by our faith. Because of our faith, we can love others. Because of our belief and trust in the gospel, belief and trust in the reality of who Jesus is, who he said he was, our faith is just ever growing. We're to keep growing in our knowledge of Christ. We're to just keep learning and studying. And as our faith grows, so does our life in Christ. We, we trust him more and more. We delight to follow him and, and obey him. And all this is only possible by God's grace. How we daily must remind ourselves of the grace we've received. This whole letter, it's perfectly bookend. It's not an accident. It begins with grace and it ends with grace. 
this whole thing only possible by God's grace. Not only the power to to save you, but the power to keep you moving. That's grace. Students, that's grace. What a gift it is. And all these are ours as we daily hold on to these truths. This is what our lives should be filled with. This is what our lives must be filled with in order for us to stand strong. We cannot neglect this. His peace, his love, his faith, his grace. Junior hires, this is a great place to end. Without Christ, I just want to say it again, without faith in the gospel, none of this is yours. None of this is yours. You don't have his peace, his love. There is no faith. You are cut off from his grace. You can't possibly stand against this evil enemy that you have. You can't begin to walk in the way that God expects you to because you are still dead in your sin. Why not call out to God this morning for salvation? Why not? Ask him even now to just give you faith to believe. Why not pray and just ask for this new life in him that that we've been talking about for so many weeks now. Ask the one who has power to give you new life. Ask the one who has power to keep that life going. For the Christians this morning, I'm Praising God for you often, like Paul does here with these believers. You're in a battle. Don't neglect God's armor. Don't neglect it. And not only is that armor crucially important, but so is a life that's marked by these three characteristics. A life full of prayer. A life that needs encouraged. And a life that seeks to encourage. But a life that that is daily just reminded of these truths, these gospel truths. So much easier to resist temptation when we live like this. Heavenly Father, thank you for the riches of your grace. We started this book last year in the tent. God, Tuesday nights are our world so uncertain, but God, you have been so faithful. Thank you for this letter, for all the amazing truths that it holds. God, I pray for our hearts this morning. Soften them. Help us to apply these truths. God, through your spirit, I ask that you would fill in the gaps that were missed. A rich letter. Lord, we need all of it. More than anything, I pray that you would be glorified because of our time in Ephesians. God, what a day to celebrate your power. What a day to remember what only you can do. Power to give life, power to give eternal life to all who call out to you for salvation. God, I pray that you would save many of these students here today. Thank you for our church. Thank you that we get to celebrate this truth, that we get to worship you this morning. And it's in King Jesus' name we pray. Amen.